A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have a crazy revenge story of making a stepmother spend thousands. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, parking peeves. Today I was reminded of an instance of petty revenge from some years back and our street parking is very tight, and not all of us have a garage to keep our car inside. In fact, many live in apartments without a garage, so many cars overflow into the street. For obvious reasons, we don't park cars in front of other people's garages. We have three cars. I keep two in the garage and a third parked in front of the garage door, usually the one leaving first in the morning. This will cause me sometimes to have to juggle the cars around. One evening while doing this juggling, I placed my wife's car for a minute or so in front of a garage of a neighbor three doors up. As soon as I started reversing my car into the garage, the lady arrives and starts honking rudely to remove the car. I walked out of the garage and proceeded to move my wife's car in place. It didn't take more than a minute of her time, but she kept honking and berated me for parking there. She has a very large SUV and has to park on the street, taking up the space in front of her garage, her apartment door, and the other in-between neighbor's door. A week or so later, the same happened, but this time I spotted her in the nick of time as she was coming around the corner. That is when my revenge kicked in. So I left my wife's car in front of the in-between neighbor's door and his garage, a workshop, so she couldn't complain. However, this still didn't leave sufficient space for her SUV. After parking my car in my garage, instead of removing it immediately, I walked into the neighbor's workshop and had a chat over a beer with him for the best part of half an hour before removing my wife's car and placing it back in front of my garage door. This caused her to circle a few streets to find a parking spot large enough to accommodate her SUV in a place that wasn't on her doorstep. I mean, to be fair, I don't mean to play contrarian or anything, but giant SUV or not, if I'm driving back home and I find somebody's parked right in front of my garage or my driveway, I am going to be a little bit upset, even if you think it's unjustified. Am I wrong here? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, should have kept track of your folder better. This happened years ago, but it's a good one. I had a lazy coworker that climbed the ladder by charming people without actually working. Once she got into a department that had no interaction with me, I was happy to not deal with her anymore. She was working for a division that should have made her work from home, but she decided to keep an office in the building so she could chit-chat with former coworkers, throwing it in their faces about her traveling for business all over the country while they still had to work in the office all day. One late afternoon, she was by the mailroom going on and on about having to fly out first thing in the morning. After she left, I had to drop by the mailroom before leaving for the day to shred some paperwork that had confidential information. The confidential shredder sits on a locked bin which cannot be accessed by anyone at the company. It's picked up every night by a vendor and replaced with a new bin. As I went to enter the mailroom, I noticed there was a folder on the table right outside the door that had her name on it. So I opened it and it was her travel plans complete with airline tickets, car rental information, and hotel reservations. I picked up the folder and ran it and its contents through the confidential shredder into the locked bin along with my paperwork. I didn't see it, but apparently she was at the office bright and early tearing apart her desk and retracing steps looking for her folder before going back home to look there again. Bummer for her. 
If it's a confidential shredder too, I bet it's one of those cross-cut ones that dice it vertically and horizontally, so there's almost no chance that even if they could somehow get access to those shreddings, that they would ever be able to piece that together. Our next story is, in the Navy I gave this guy the swirl for a month. My command was a wild place. Leadership was really toxic, and their advice to solve problems was to fight. We were in port doing work and I had a crew working under me back aft, and this other guy who was same rank and got to ship with me had his own crew. He kept taking our supplies and tools and sending his guys to take them. He instructed them to be real aggressive about it. They'd wait until we carried out all of this heavy equipment and supplies and would take it. I went down to talk to him and he laughed in my face and said, I took your such and such too. So I went to my space, which was above him, and dumped paint on his head. Because I was sick of being pushed around and having to be the bigger person to keep things running in the department, because I did basically everything in the background that made life livable for people like him. He was a real bully and a jerk, and I normally let it go. He comes up, I laugh in his face. Apparently now it's wrong to screw someone over and laugh in their face because it was happening to him and not me. So he waited until I wasn't looking and hit me. I wouldn't hit him back because he was a real dumb guy and never would have stopped if I did. What was crazy was, no one broke up the fight. There were people from other departments just pretending like it wasn't happening. Every evening, he'd leave his water bottle on the table in the lounge, one of those wide mouth Nalgene bottles. Underway, we worked long days and would be filthy and smell horrible. We barely had time to shower and keep up with hygiene, and this was overseas and extreme heat. There was a little room off the lounge. I'd take his bottle in and stick my you-know-what in it and swirl it around real good. Then I'd dip my bag in a couple of times, like it were a bag of tea. I did that for a month straight and would sit and watch him drink it. All I can say is this story is absolutely wretched and really does not paint a pretty light on being in the Navy. I just hope this kind of thing wasn't commonplace in many other areas. Our next story is petty revenge on an ex from heck. Some background, my ex-boyfriend was my first serious relationship out of high school. I was young and dumb in a new city with no close friends and my ex was crazy, jealous and emotionally abusive. I thought my loyalty would prove I wasn't everything he tried to say I was, i.e. easily replaceable and a cheater, etc., which if you haven't guessed it already, he was in fact the one cheating, projection is a witch. Anywho, when I finally got the balls and self-worth to cut this jerk off and realize he was faking ending things to stop me from leaving him, he completely lost it. He decided to harass not just me but my siblings and my friends, and somehow their siblings. It was really terrifying. He was stalking me and telling everyone how he was going to beat me up and end me. The kicker is when I first told him that we were breaking up, he was fine with it. A week later, he called me from an unknown number saying I was a liar and a cheater, and it spiraled into everything up above. Eventually, I fled the state I was in to get some peace before I had to go back for school. During that time, it seemed like everything calmed down but he came back and ended up throwing all my clothes and things I had at his place in the driveway of my family's house and threatened to send photos I never consented to him taking to my father and basically the stress of it all made me have a mental break. Not fun. My friends ended up rallying around me and we became really close. Cue the revenge. 
He had gifted me a phone for my birthday after mine had broke and had threatened to never pay me back the money he owed me if I didn't return it. I of course said fine, but he wouldn't get it back without returning the money first, $3,500. He ended up returning the money I had requested after three months of back and forth, but as soon as I got it, I ended up blocking him. I also sold the phone for more money as well. After that, I had my new friends take his stuff back to his place and throw all of it across the entire perimeter of his house. My now best friend had the brilliant idea to squirt small amounts of honey all over his clothes. Since it was ant season, which I of course agreed to, I also collected all of the evidence of his harassment and filed for a restraining order. After that, I sent all of his family, who I actually liked so I felt mildly guilty about this, and work that I'd helped him get, the voice recordings of the vile and demented crap he said to me over the phone. In the end, he lost his job, has a restraining order, and now his family absolutely hates him and kicked him out of the house. They apologized on behalf of him, but I made it clear I want no contact from any of them for my own mental health. I'm doing great now. I got into med school after he told me I'd never be able to. No relationships yet, but I think it'll be a while before I'm mentally ready for that. But my mental health is so much better than it's been in a really long time despite med school draining me. Sorry for the length, but I hope you enjoyed the story. I love that in this situation, OP was able to find themselves surrounded with other people that built them up and helped them. I mean, is pouring honey all over this guy's clothes the most constructive form of building you up? Probably not, but hey, it sure sounds like it helped, and if I were an OP situation, it would make me feel better too, certainly. Our next story is, got revenge on my ex who made my life heck. Some background, I'm not gonna get into the finer details of these things, but among the list of ways my ex made my life heck... She filed a fraudulent charge that led to me spending a couple of nights in jail. She filed a false restraining order, making up a bunch of lies that make me look like some monster of an abuser. And she falsely filed a violation of that restraining order, which landed me in the probation I now have for 17 more months. I've already been at it for a month. The last bit of background you need to know is that while we were still together, she let me use her library card for Libby and apparently doesn't know how to log off all devices and or doesn't want to go through the trouble of logging herself back in, so I still have access to her Libby. Okay, so she has a book she currently borrowed, one that she's held on to that has just came up, and she had three or four others on hold. All these books took forever to come up to her turn in the first place, to the point that two of the books on hold said the estimated wait time at the front of the line to get it next was around two weeks. So what did I do? I went and cancelled all of her holds and returned the one book she was borrowing. So now she has to remember what all those books were, redo the hold, and wait for months before she has another chance at them. Am I the jerk? Yes. But that's not what this sub is for. Hopefully this was petty enough. Honestly, I think it's a pretty good revenge if reading is like somebody's passion. Like, I'm not gonna lie, if you went and did this to me, I would probably be thanking you because I probably was already late on returning books. Like, if you did this to me, you would go and return the book I had and they'd be like, we haven't gotten this back in five years, we just assumed it was gone. It doesn't even look like it's been touched. You know, for as much reading as I do for Reddit stories, you'd think I'd be a more avid reader in my personal life. But to be honest, I probably haven't read a real book since, like, high school. Our next story is, how I got petty revenge on a nightmare ex. 
So this is a story that starts back when I was finishing and got out of high school and involves an ex that I met in high school. When we first met it was great but you all know how these high school relationships usually turn out after graduation. We stopped being intimate, she started being abusive and manipulative, even hitting me and at one point somehow managed to coerce me into getting engaged with her. Made me spend thousands on a trip to Niagara Falls, the works. When the breakup process started, she initiated it but somehow pinned all the blame for everything on me, naturally. She made every aspect of my life more of a heck than it already had been with her and slandered me to anybody she could get to directly or indirectly, along with what had been our mutual friend group. You know, typical abusive ex behavior. Cue Betty Revenge. I had a car her dad had passed down to me. The original thinking was that since I could drive and she couldn't, I would use the car to help her out, but it was totally in my name, and I paid for the maintenance and insurance, and it was in every way my car that I daily drove. After we split, I had permission to do whatever I wanted with the car from her dad as well. She wanted this car back more than anything and kept hounding me post-breakup over it, spreading rumors that it was actually her car getting her numerous new boyfriends to threaten me over it via various messaging apps, etc. One day, it finally reached a breaking point. I told her she had 24 hours to come get her precious car and pay me well under market value, I might add, I wasn't heartless, or it was getting sent to the crusher. By this point, I'd already put thousands into maintenance and fixing it, so I wasn't going to give it to her. As you can guess, She never came to get her car, much less with any money to pay it, but she begged me to just give it to her. I sent her the video of it being crushed with a big thumbs up selfie at the end and then blocked her. This has been a petty revenge story. Edit, for those concerned, no I did not destroy a perfectly good car. The engine was toast, with a blown head gasket and oil burning so bad it was visible blue smoke. It was also rusting really badly by that point. I'd also put thousands into work, including replacing a clogged catalyst, which on its own was over $500. I'd just gotten fed up with my ex in this lemon of a car, so I killed two birds with one stone. Edit, holy crap, I forgot a core aspect of this timing as well. A friend reminded me that right before I gave her the ultimatum on the car, I had learned she was cheating on me when we were together. On our very first date, I'd explained that to me, cheating was the worst thing you could do to me in a relationship, so add that to the reasons I did it. You know, I'm beginning to think this ex of OPs wasn't really a charmer. Not all that they cracked up to be. Let me just say, if there was a person that deserved to watch their prized car get crushed in the crusher, somebody like this is a prime candidate. Our next story is, made you a liar. When I was young, young teenager probably, I went to live with my maternal aunt for like two weeks. Now, for context, my mother has a very bad habit of telling everything that happens to us to her sister. She is someone who loves airing every wrong thing her daughters do. Before going to my aunt, I was being a very typical teenager. Mood swings, rebellion. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Telling, etc. And she made sure to tell her sister every day how I'm a brat, I don't do anything around the house, nor do I listen to my elders. When I went there at first, I did all the tasks my aunt gave out of courtesy since I'm a guest, but then my aunt said how surprised she is that I was amicable. Then my petty revenge started. I went the extra mile in helping her and listening to her. I took her jabs and comments with a brave face. And then my mother arrived and my aunt on the very first night was like, you told me that she is rude and I don't do house chores or help, but she's been helping me and I have no complaints. My mom was shocked. She didn't have any reply and I was so, so glad I made her out to be over-exaggerated. I love anything that deals with this reverse psychology type thing, but specifically when it's on display to other people. So let's say you're like a moody teen and your parents say, clean your room, you're terrible at cleaning your room. You obviously don't want to do it, but you hear them on the phone with like your aunt who's going to come over tomorrow and you say, just be careful when you go in OP's room, they're terrible at cleaning their room. That will definitely make me want to just make everything spotless. I don't know what it says about me and my psychology, but man does that put some real prove you wrong energy in me. This next story is petty revenge in the form of another petty revenge story. Context, posted about a small, essentially harmless way I got back at someone who abused me for years, and to no one's surprise, people accused me of making false claims about said abuse. Makes so much sense. To post anonymously on a platform about something that happened years ago so I can not see any consequences for him again anywho my abusive ex-husband and i grew up vastly different social class wise my family was poor and rural and as a result my single mother taught me how to do nearly everything a man would typically do in a traditional household his middle class family lived in an urban place and his parents did everything including clean up after their kids and not teach the boys girl things and vice versa One night we had a typical fight where he told me what a piece of crap I was, how lucky I was that he even married me, etc. 
The next day, he was on a 12-hour shift doing manual, dirty labor. I waited until about two hours before he was getting home, turned the hot water heater off, and ran out the rest of the warm water in the house. Needless to say, he took a cold shower when he got home from work and was baffled enough to email our landlord about the hot water situation. I turned the hot water back on after he went to bed, and he was still in a bad mood about the cold shower the following morning. On top of that, he felt like an idiot emailing the landlord again to say, Never mind. It's nice that OP had a little moment of reprieve being able to play these kind of almost pranks on this guy, but it's sad that OP had to feel like they had to pick and choose their spots just to make the living situation a little bit more tolerable with this guy. Our next story is Slumlord refuses to pay for $400 building maintenance, pays thousands in electricity instead. My business moved into a fairly nice building that was recently purchased by a company out of a big city. We were fine for a while, even with building maintenance and ownership being pretty slow to respond to some minor issues. Little while ago, the AC unit that happens to sit above our unit in the ceiling started leaking into the unit. Lease specifically says building HVAC is covered, but landlord refused to reimburse us for the work that we had to have done to stop the leak. He told us to sue him, knowing dang well 400 is not worth our time. I consider myself a fair person, albeit a little petty. We're an IT company and although we have a server rack, I've configured our environment to use as little power as possible, even though our power is included in the cost of the lease. Two reasons. One, it's good for the planet. Two, it's reasonable to save the building money by shutting down unneeded servers during off-peak times. Well, after that little discussion, I decided that the rack of servers we have don't really need to be spun up and down every day to save the building money. That alone is worth at least 100 a month in hydro, but then I was standing there in front of the rack yesterday, looking at my 4U server filled with GPUs for password cracking thinking. Most people use these for crypto mining, but stopped because of expensive hydro. So now I've got a couple spare servers running some Monero mining at full tilt 24-7. I've got a couple VMs that spin up overnight to do some Monero mining. Not very effective in a VM for generating crypto, but very handy for driving up hydro costs. And then our nice password cracking server filled with GPUs is doing some Ethereum mining. I'm not 100% sure how much power we're using, but my preliminary calculations put it at around 500 a month, and that I find particularly delicious. Personally, I have no need for any of this crypto, so I figured this would be a nice opportunity to support the local food bank with monetary donations from our mining operation. Win, win, win. Well, hey, after all that electricity being wasted and burnt up, At least you can kind of say it is for a good cause, with all of the profits being generated going to this food bank. This next story is Cheating Camper Out Cheated. We take our RV trailer to this very popular 60-some site county park campground surrounded by a lake. All but a handful of sites are on the water. They're all the same price. It's first come first serve, no reservations. So you pick up a pay envelope and cruise through looking for a vacant site. Park your rig, fill out the envelope for up to 30 days, put your money in it and drop it in a metal receptacle. You then take the receipt part and place it on the site marker post, showing site number and what days you've paid for. The camp host can see you paid for it. 
It also shows other prospective campers that the site has taken, which is necessary for things like a Class C mobile camper that they drive in and out, so the site would otherwise look vacant. The receipt shows and proves it isn't vacant. Since there's no reservations and weekends are a mad dash to find any vacancies, people have learned to have someone come out a few days early during the week when there are open sites, pick a good one, fill out the envelope and pay from that day through the weekend. They then place the receipt on the site post and maybe a string, tape, or chair to indicate to all passerbys that the site is unoccupied but taken. The site sits unoccupied for a few of their paid days but is there on Friday when they show up. Slightly immoral, as others could have used it for those unoccupied days, but perfectly legal to do so. We came in on Tuesday. The good sites were occupied or taken via the receipt slash tape slash chairs. We found an off-water, hard-to-get-into site next to the maintenance building, set up, paid for Tuesday, Wednesday, leaving Thursday, and placed our receipt. On Wednesday, while walking past a very nice, currently unoccupied waterfront site that we passed up yesterday, my eye happened to catch the receipt. It was only paid for the coming Friday through next Friday, leaving Saturday, and this was there yesterday. Maybe even earlier for days that they had not paid for. It could not have been legally placed on the post until the day they paid for, Friday. They were hoping that no one would look at the receipt and pass by as we did. The camp host must have also missed it. I was mad. I could have taken that premium spot before they even arrived instead of the lesser one I had. So naturally, I took the illegally placed receipt and walked away. Thursday morning as we were packing up, I saw a camper setting up in it. Since there was no receipt on the post, they legally took it. I casually walked by and looked at their receipt. It was paid for Thursday through Sunday, leaving Monday. I was happy they got a legally free site, but also felt sorry for the wrath to come. We weren't there, but I can imagine the arguing when the cheaters showed up and found their site taken. The cheaters' only recourse would be the camp host who would pull the pay envelopes. The host would find the legally paid one for Thursday through Sunday, and the cheaters' one showing the same site paid Friday through Friday, which they couldn't do as the site was already occupied the day before they arrived on Friday. So either the camp host kicked them out for their cheating, they miraculously found a vacant site, or had to go elsewhere and keep coming back every day looking for a vacancy. I'm hoping and willing to bet that they did the right thing and probably kicked this person out of there. I mean, to be fair, maybe they would have a change of heart when they realize this is still a paying customer. Just go find a different spot somewhere and don't do this again. Our next story is the long game with my crappy brother. My brother is a horrible person. I have never met someone more selfish and have never hated someone so much in my life. I'm usually too lazy for revenge and tend to feel guilty later, but not with him. Background on my revenge, circumstances led to us getting a house together. In hindsight, it is the worst decision I've ever made. My brother wanted an old house with good bones and said he would fix it up. I provided the money. He took months to do the work and he would usually do it drunk. He set up his saw table in the front room because he was too lazy to assemble and disassemble his workstation. He spent time at his friend's place doing renovations in exchange for guitar parts. He blew me off at every available opportunity. Then we move in. All the furniture, dishware, cleaning supplies, and half of the appliances are mine. I clean the common areas, do the yard work, and pay people to fix any problems that crop up because I'm technically the landlady. I've dropped a lot of money on this house. 
but hey, at least it has good bones, right? The only areas he controls are his room, his bathroom, and a 6 foot by 4 foot space where his desk is. Every inch is covered in clutter and gross. My revenge is that I've claimed pretty much every other space in the house. He has a desk, bed, and bathroom. I have the living room and my bedroom. The guest room and kitchen are neutral territory. He isn't allowed to decorate anywhere but his bedroom. I'm always here so it wouldn't be weird for him to bring friends over. I got a dog without consulting him and he can't stand her barking. I recently got laid off and plan to use this opportunity to increase his rent so that he's paying most of the bills. Eventually I will move out, take all of my stuff with me, and increase the rent just below market rate to ensure he stays. Then he can think about how his little sister is his landlady until he dies or gets evicted. Sure is nice to have good bones that you can't do anything with. Hey, there's no room for them to argue and I say do not tolerate any of it. They got exactly what they were clamoring for and not an inch more. Our next story is, I made my former stepmother spend thousands to get my car back and it doesn't even work. My former stepmother is absolute garbage. I always hated her because she was a massive racist slash homophobe, but she reached a new low when she cheated on my father with her best friend's husband and then tried to claim my dad physically abused her to deflect blame. This was all obvious bull, and I was literally present for a lot of the events she lied about. The whole thing wrecked my dad's mental health and made him consider ending things multiple times. So I was dealing with a lot of the aftermath alone. One of the biggest freakups was that my car's title was in my stepmom's name and we just never bothered switching it over. I always made the payments and took care of the maintenance myself, but my dad bought it originally when I was in high school and put it in her name just because his credit wasn't great. Never seemed like a big deal because even though I didn't like my stepmom, They'd been married for over 20 years at that point and showed no signs of splitting up. So when all this goes down, she claims ownership of the car and demands I pay her $15,000 for the title. It was a Jeep Wrangler, so definitely has some value, but it was an older model and had serious engine issues I'd been trying to address for months with no success. Not even my mechanic could figure out what was wrong and quoted me 3000 for a potential solution that wasn't even guaranteed to work. So the car wasn't even running by this point, and I lived over 1200 miles away from home for grad school. Obviously, I refused to pay her anything, and she started threatening to report the car as stolen. I just ignored her as I knew that would be a false police report, so it would be better in my dad's favor if she did after sending me straight up proof of her crime. And she technically had no right to do anything with the car, as divorce proceedings were stalled with my dad in the hospital and mentally incompetent. Fast forward a few months, the divorce is settled and she's going to take the car back. But getting the dang thing is her problem. I'd also stopped making the payments for several months, so in order to get it current and have it towed across the country, she ended up spending nearly 5000 All the while, she had no idea the car wasn't even running and had been sitting in my driveway for half a year at this point. The tires on a Jeep like that are not cheap, and they were dry rotting. By the time she got the repairs done, she would have been almost 10000 deep fixing this piece of crap. Last I heard, it was still sitting in the front of her parents' house, 
with a $15,000 price tag. I simply bought myself a newer, nicer car and spent less than she was asking. As a Jew, I don't even believe in heck, but I hope I'm wrong, just so that woman can go there. It just honestly makes me livid when somebody like this takes so much advantage over being in just a good, advantageous situation. Just because she managed to find her name on that title, she's going to try to take every little bit it's worth and try to extort you for as much as possible. Yeah, right, you can have that hunk of junk. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.